Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, buddy, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody, and happy birthday to Dolly Parton. I know she's a big listener. Huge fan of the show. Dolly Parton and Betty White with birthdays this week week pretty big week for the 23 personnel uh fan club huge huge a lot of dolly parton betty white fans listening to and um you know we're glad to have you i'm one of them grew up on some mary tyler moore reruns on the old nick at night wow yeah some golden girls a little bit of jolene thrown in there here and there jolene jolene oh there he goes there he okay. goes. No, no, I'm not going to do it. It's too much. It's too much singing as it is. <laughs> man, man, I was looking forward to the rest of that. Jolene. Um, so I said huge earlier and I was like, oh yeah, well, we've got the presidential inauguration tomorrow, Wednesday, January 20th. Pretty big day. Pretty big, big day. day in the U.S. Big day. Um, have you ever watched an inauguration? I, yes. And it must have been, I've got, it's got to be 92. Oh, wow. Or not, 90, well, election 92. <laughs> so I guess 93. That's the one I remember watching because we were in music class. I was in elementary school. They, you know, they made us watch it. Not like, you know, they held us down and <laughs> kept our eyes <laughs> open or something. But that was just something that, that we watched. And, that's the one I remember the most. <laughs> I don't remember any other ones. So 93, uh, it's got to be, that was Clinton's first term. Yeah, he was. So uh, I remember that one, but I don't remember any of the other ones. I didn't watch any of the other ones that I know of. Yeah. My, my boss asked me that today. He's like, are you going to watch it tomorrow? I was like, I couldn't tell you if I've ever watched a presidential inauguration before. Yeah. That so, is the only one I remember. I may do that. I don't know. Yeah, go for it. It's, it's history. It's historical. Do it's it. Historic. You're home. You might as well just turn on the no, TV. I'll, I'll be in the office tomorrow. I was in the office today. What? I know. I've got, I've got, I have to, I have to utilize our video studio space. So, shooting yeah. a video tomorrow. <clears throat> Good times. You know what I won't be doing tomorrow, though, Michael? Yeah. Just watching Texas Tech basketball. This is true. We will get to that, but Texas Tech had not one, but two basketball games postponed today. Uh, Wednesday night versus Iowa State. 
sorry, Wednesday night versus TCU, Saturday afternoon versus Iowa State. Um, related to the opponents having COVID. So not Texas Tech, but the opponents. Correct. I would like to point out that uh, I'm, I'm sure like the basketball team had COVID. But guess what? They had it in the offseason. Just like I'm sure a lot of the football team dealt with COVID like in as opportune time as possible because you, I think we mentioned like something 80 or 90 of the football players and staff ended up contracting the the, the virus, but you didn't, you never missed a game. Well, and it was, it was pretty fortunate timing. I know that I think one of the bye weeks was, uh, you would have been. There were struggling. a lot of guys just randomly. Yeah, it seemed like there were a lot of guys randomly out <laughs> that that weren't. There was no, no real reason for them to be out, and then there was a bye week, and then those guys were back. So yeah. you can kind of d- deduce what happened there. Deduce. Um, deduce. <laughs> so you won't get all of the great game day content from the Twin Three Personnel Podcast Twitter account, but you will get some shade every now and then when I. Uh, say that Texas Tech has lost a game on the or not, not lost a game. They had a game postponed because somebody else couldn't control COVID on their team. I saw you do that. I thought that was pretty bold. I thought yeah. that was kind of, you know, kind of calling your shot there. Um, we'll, we'll see if that comes back to bite us. Because um, here's the thing, like, it, I mean, we we talked about a lot with football and it was one of those things where population of Texas tech students age are very likely to get it, especially in the circumstances that you have so many people in confined spaces like campus or athletic teams or what have you. It's very likely they're going to catch this very contagious communicable disease. Um, so in the interest of Texas tech fans and making sure you get through your schedule on time, you got to time your your virus contraction with your off season or with your bye weeks. And Texas Tech was able to do that. TCU. <laughs> Are you implying that this was this was an intentional no management no, no, no. decision? No, but here's the thing: like if if hindsight part here, of the off season curriculum. Was, if I was um, beard, let's, let's I'd be like, out, let's hand out the playbook. Let's hand out the playbook. Let's all hand out this. Um, this this same sandwich let's all take a bite of this same sandwich every day i mean i'm just saying <laughs> if i'm beard and i'm in like june or july and i'm looking at my schedule is like we've got four months to get ready i'm like don't avoid the on-campus parties guys wink wink oh that's just terrible <laughs> that's just yeah but if you want to follow me for more awful <laughs> takes Follow Spencer at punts suck. Michael at Michael underscore LBK. You can find us on Instagram, 23 personal podcast. You can also pick up 23 personal podcast merchandise. I'm wearing a t-shirt myself right now. Teespring.com slash store slash 23 personal podcast. Those links are in the show notes on staking the planes where you can find all kinds of great text tech content. Yes, please visit stakeintheplanes.com. Seth runs an excellent site and has been busy as all get out with 
basketball and wrapping up football and getting ready for baseball. Yeah. Speaking of baseball, Speaking it's of- probably a good time. Yes. To, if you haven't already subscribed to subscribe to, Oh my gosh, how, how, how better can I fumble this? This ad read. It's not an ad read. We don't get paid. Dinger Derby. Subscribe to the Dinger Derby podcast. Keith sh- does a great job. He should. He's getting us. geared up for another baseball season. <laughs> I probably should have waited till we were talking about baseball to bring it up, but it just kind of kind of made sense. So subscribe to Dinger Derby. He's everywhere. Follow him on the Twitter and uh, get your baseball um, knowledge from almost the source, practically the source. He's becoming part of the program. So- VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's, he's embedded. If you, <laughs> he's there. He's there. Agree. Um, we'll talk about baseball. Obviously, we're going to talk about basketball. We're going to look back on your games against Texas and Baylor. We had um, planned to do a instant reaction Saturday afternoon, but uh, things did not go well, and I was not in a mood. So I could sense that. Um, we will. Go through that. I, I would say that we look ahead and preview TCU and Iowa State. That's not a thing. Um, I guess we could preview West Virginia. That's still on the schedule, maybe for Monday. Yeah, that's a ways off. Um, and then LSU would be the following Saturday. So you got some time off here to to scout West Virginia when and if they come back. Um, can rest, make sure Kevin McCullough's ankle is hundred percent. Any other guys that are dealing with little nicks and dings are ready to go. But before we get there, you need to know that the wait is finally over. <clears throat> Football is in full effect. And Michael, the NBA is back. I watched a Spurs game the other night. The only game that I've been able to watch all year. The, I watched the first half of it against the Rockets. Yeah, against the Rockets. And it was the day all the Rockets news broke about the big trade and everything. So the yes. Rockets team they played was like depleted. Like they, they they had sent off their pieces for trade. They had not gotten their guys back from the trade because it was like not official yet. So it was like a, it wasn't even like the full Rockets team. Rockets still won somehow. Yeah, I was about to say, yet, yet my Spurs still lost. I'm not sure how that happened. Um, anyways, entertaining. I, I, it was as somebody that doesn't watch a lot of NBA basketball. I watched this game. I was like, holy crap. The college game moves like molasses. 
compared to the NBA. Seriously. Okay. It I, is so slow. NBA is like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> like, like th- th- there's no motion offense. There's no trying to find a good shot. The, the, the teams come up the court. They find an open guy within seconds or they create their own shot. And then it's next possession. So fast. Yeah. I, I kind of, I, okay. I get that. I get that. But, um, my brain went from watching mostly NBA basketball to mostly college basketball. And so that transition happened over the last probably five years. And then now when I switch on an NBA game, I feel like, I feel like the games take forever. Now the, the play is great. The plays, like you said, it's they usually don't wait till three seconds on the shot clock to do something. It's usually like, uh, who was it? Um, Oh, seven seconds or less. The, the Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire, the the Suns. I think that was their kind of offensive philosophy, where they were they were getting that ball to the basket in seven seconds or less, something like that. So I I've got I got used to that pace, but there's something just the overall feel of the game. It feels so much longer having four quarters than two halves. I can watch a college basketball game and then you know look look down at my watch or at my phone and then look back up and it's, Oh my gosh, there's two minutes left in the first half. But an NBA game, it, it takes a longer, a mentally longer time to play. And I wonder if the it's game, just, I don't even know if it's true. I, I wonder if it's just because they have so many more possessions. Maybe like, that's all it is. It I mean, cause the game like is, takes longer. the game is what eight minutes longer in, 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 in game time. Um, anyway, so, yeah, I, I watched an NBA game. I was like, man, like the speed, the pace of the game was so much faster. I was like, what? It bad comparison coming from Texas Tech that takes a lot of time off the shot clock to watch an NBA game yes. that was moving pretty quickly. Anyways, you might not be at any of these games this year, Michael, but you can still be <laughs> on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to BetOnline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Woo, Michael. Yes. I, I, I did kind of enjoy watching NBA team, in, NBA games, and it was the two Texas teams that I don't follow or that I would root against. And then I was like, I want to watch a Mavs game. And then I realized I'm going to be out for a couple of days because they had their own COVID issues. Mm. Um, and that, that I was realizing this is what happens when you play in a bubble, when you protect everybody from getting it. So when you get out of the bubble, people get it. Oh yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Like when they were in the bubble for the, for the playoffs, playoffs and yeah. stuff over the summer, uh, yeah. everybody's coming out of the bubble and starting their next season. And now it's like, well, it's, uh, the virus is still out there. Free game. Yeah. All right. With that, let's, uh, let's talk some baseball. Oh, okay. Left field, well struck. Desloni picks it up on a bounce. He's racing for second throw. Out in second. Young lifts it to right field, looking for a second home run. And he's got it into his own bullpen. Perhaps in some time because all the teams are there. Wow, this one launched deep left off the bat of Warren. There he goes, and the pitch is driven deep to right. Kerstad to the wall, off the top of the fence. Here comes 
still one of my favorite clips on that has to be Josh Young's home run where the fan celebrates before the play-by-play guy calls it a home run. Yes. It's fantastic. I could, I could hear just screaming in the background. Yep. (laughs) Just before he calls it a home run. Uh, It's fantastic. Um, Man, I miss going to games at Dan Lawfield, Rip Griffin Park. It was, I do too. Uh, I mean, I didn't go very often, but it's they've really built a great environment there. And it's, it, a, it's, it's just a really gonna, fun place to watch baseball. Yeah, it's just going to be different this year, which is unfortunate because, uh, especially on, on the weekends, Friday, Saturday, I mean, that place gets rocking. Um, and I just, I don't, I don't know what to expect because they haven't come out with a schedule yet or with, um, attendance stuff just yet but i mean we're we're a few weeks out from the start of the season we know I mean, we've got a couple games on the schedule we'll talk about in early march uh historically they've started the season middle of february um but yeah man the environment there it's gonna be a little different but it's good to have it baseball back um a lot of National college baseball attention turned to Lubbock. They've been getting a lot of preseason rankings in the top five, which shouldn't be surprising because this is a thing that Tim Tadlock does is he's got his guys, um, his team stacked to continue to have these kind this kind of attention um, and the, this expectation, these, these expectations. Um, so far we've heard from the NCAA and from D one baseball that they, the Red Raiders come out as number three in both of those preseason polls, which is not too shabby. No, not bad at all. Um, and I do remember at one point last year before the, before the season was called Texas tech did peak at number one for a time. That is correct. And, and with Texas tech in these, uh, top 25 preseason rankings, Number nine, Texas. Number 10, TCU. Number 14, West Virginia. Um, 20, Oklahoma State. I may be missing someone else, but that's quite a few Big 12 teams up there. So, did you say uh, another? Did I say who? Baylor? No, I missed Baylor. Are they ranked? I they don't see are. them. Not on the NCAA baseball tweet. Oh. I don't believe they are currently ranked. So even, you know, it's preseason rankings. We know what that means. It doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot, but it could. And uh, that could have a, a, a pretty strong Big 12 conference again this year. Yeah. So I'm just going back and looking at the at the schedule, or not the schedule, but look at the, the, the rankings and thinking about times you played some of these teams. Like you, you played Florida three you played Florida three different games in Omaha um you had a series against Louisville who's number five this year Ole Miss I think you played last year or you will play this year uh Mississippi State was one of your your last games last season obviously uh you played against Arkansas and in, in, in Omaha uh TCU in Texas your conference um Scrolling down a little bit. Florida State, you played last year. East Carolina, you've hosted them in, in regionals, in super regionals here in town. So you're you're one of those teams now that like 
just up there. Like this is, this is who you are. This is old hat almost. Sure. I mean, it's, it's the expectation and it's a, it's a place where we can't get too spoiled and, and too entitled, but it's, it's a really nice place to be right now and in, enjoy it while we can. This is, I think we were robbed of a really special season last year as tech fans. And I know that we lost some guys, but there's so many more that stuck around and there's some new guys that are really exciting based off what Keith and others have told me. I don't claim to know this for a fact, but uh, just, I mean, I, I'm really excited about it this year. I was super excited about it last year, very disappointed, understood why it all went down the way it did just because that's how it had to, to be at the time. But this, this year is going to be different. Yeah. Um, speaking of, we, I, I do have a little bit of a scheduling update. We did see from Kendall Rogers that the big 12 athletic directors approved a quote, normal season structure for 2021, which would include 24 conference games as opposed to the 32 conference games, which we talked about in the podcast last week. So 24 conference games means you're playing your normal eight team three game series schedule in conference play. Gotcha. Which also means you're probably going to have a, a fairly regular looking schedule this year. You're going to have teams traveling in, in the midweek to, to play a game or two because uh, last week we did hear that uh, that it had been approved that there would be a 56 game schedule. So, I mean, you got lots of games to, to, to pack in there at the beginning uh, before your, your um, conference season starts. I uh, did also see that the travel travel roster expanded to 30 players, which gives uh, even more opportunity for, for depth. Um, we talked about the rosters being expanded, uh, allowing teams to retain some seniors, the, Texas Tech seniors last year all elected to move on uh, with Brian Klein and John McMillan were the, the big names that we were trying to see if they were coming back. Um, but yeah, with the Russell, well, travel roster, I can't speak those words tonight. Travel roster expanded to 30. You're going to get a couple more guys eligible to play on the weekends. That's always good. Um, and then I mentioned a little earlier, uh, you do have a couple of games on your schedule that we already know. Uh, Texas Tech will play in the Shriners Classic in Houston. Uh, this is from our man Keith at Dinger Derby. Friday, March 5th, they'll play Texas State. Saturday the 6th, they will play A&M. Boo. <laughs> and then Sunday the 7th, they'll play Rice. Pretty good. Um Pretty, pretty good, good test right there. Yeah, pretty good baseball in that tournament there. I'm hoping it's it's on a a better streaming platform than Flow TV. Or, but Flow TV may get the that may be the one at Frisco that they play. But I mean, if it's streaming at all, we'll be fortunate. So hopefully, it will be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'll I would be on Facebook Live like one of them was last year. Is that right? Was that last year? Or the year before? I swear there was one on Facebook live and it was someone basically holding a cell phone in the press box and you could hear Jamie Lent in the background. <laughs> not oh sure. man, that's good. Something like that. Um, so the Shriners classic will, will, uh, will feature six 
Texas teams, Rice, Sam Houston State, TCU, Texas A&M, Texas State, and Texas Tech. So you won't face Sam Houston State or TCU. Anyways, do you have any other baseball you want to talk about, Michael? I know you're a big baseball no, fan. No, you know me. I'm just, uh, just a, a wealth of baseball information. I'm just going to stop right here to keep the podcast short. All right, man. Let's talk about some basketball. Yeah. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. So obviously those highlights remind me of the tournament. There were, there was some news announced today or recently that the NCAA tournament will be played or is scheduled to be played in bubble style format, all up there in Indianapolis. Um, and it will be basically a straight seated tournament. So you won't have any uh, regional biases playing in for better attendance. Uh, so you, you won't, you won't have like the Texas tech teams like lobbying. Hey, I want to go play in Tulsa. I want to go play in Dallas as opposed to, I want to go play in Anaheim, which they did play in Anaheim in sure. the next round. But anyways, um, it'll be just straight one through 68, which, you know, I, I can kind of appreciate, um, you get just, a I think a more fairly seated tournament that way. I agree. I understand why they do it the first time because it does make sense for the fans that want to go support the teams to, you know, try to see them a little bit closer to their home. But but yeah, that that's really the fairest way to do it. Just straight up one through 68, seat it and go. I wonder how they'll do the four play ins. They always do those kind of weird. Yeah. Um, I never really understood why they do them the way that they do, but Oh, well, yeah, it always feels like, okay. So to me, like a play in team, like I, I would expect they're all playing for a 16 seed. Agreed. I don't but know why no, sometimes they're like it's seven. Sometimes it's 11. Sometimes it's yeah, 14. It's like if, if they have to play their way into the tournament, like that would mean that they didn't claim a spot. I don't know. Anyways, um, bracketologist smarter than I can explain that, but there was there. I, I did also see that they, they pushed back the start of it a little bit. So round one is going to start on a, on Thursday night instead of Thursday morning. So you only get one work day of round one basketball. Um, cause those first two days, historically the lowest work production in the United States 
of any days in the, in, in America, uh, <laughs> when the big, big dance is on those first two days. Uh, but yeah, you'll get the beginning of round one Thursday night and then Friday. Um, I've seen, I've seen a little bit of rumors kind of associated with this, maybe not rumors, but just more of a push from some personalities, particularly Fran Fraschilla, who's <laughs> kind of calling for the conference tournaments to not happen this year. And uh, I'm for that. I'm, I'm kind of for that anyway year i don't understand i mean the the, if if you're at the point where how you it's very seldom that how a team plays in the conference tournament hurts them it could help a team it could help a team on the bubble but a team like tech you know the year they went to the championship they didn't play good in the conference tournament they lose the second or third game yeah, it was it West it was Virginia early. and what I yeah, it was think West Virginia. Virginia won it or something and, and I think they were on the bubble and they got in or, or it was something like that. So I, I don't think it helps the teams that are already kind of at the top. Um, and I not that I want to just assume Tech's going to be there, but if you need the conference tournament to make the the NCAA tourney, that's probably you're probably a one and done anyway. <laughs> So yeah, anyway, I wouldn't see. I wouldn't mind not having the Big Twelve tournament this year. What are your thoughts on that? No, I I, I wouldn't mind it either because the one example I was thinking of, and it was uh, it was Kansas. I believe it was Kansas and and Texas Tech were tied for the Big Twelve regular season um, title, and they ended up splitting it, or however that was decided. And then Iowa State won the tournament. And you're like, what? Maybe it was Kansas. State. I don't know. It was, it was weird. Like, cause Kansas state was good too. Um, but a team that wasn't really in title contention for the big 12 won the big 12 tournament. Just, yep. It's not, it's not easy to do. Cause you got to play like, if you're not like, if you're not like the one or two seed, you got to play like five games in four days or four games in five days. It's, it's tough, but yeah, it, it, it rarely means anything uh, for the teams except for like, I'm always worried about like as, as Texas tech losing in the tournament, not winning it that you're going to get kind of like a little blow to your, your confidence. But then I realized like your first game is usually against a team. You're going to, you should handle pretty easily. Like when it, like it's a team that's easier than probably any of your conference opponents. outside of maybe this year where the conference is so divided out into like very clear tiers so you can re-grab that momentum in that first round, but I'm not a I'm usually not a big fan of of, of playing the tournament. I think because Texas Tech hasn't done well historically. So I'm on board. Let's get rid of the tournaments. Yeah, sure. I'm fine with it. It's it's never anything that I'm. Oh, I, I'm looking forward to the Big Twelve tournament. What I mean, we, we mentioned at the top of the show. One thing I, I was looking forward to was playing a couple of games at the bottom of the conference uh, after the week you had. Uh, in Austin and then home versus Baylor playing, you know, teams in the top. I mean, obviously Baylor's one, Texas could be two, three or four, depending how you look at them. Um, and then you look at your schedule this weekend or this week, you got TCU and Iowa state. You're like, Oh, good. We get, you know, you get to go two and zero this week. Um, I'm, I'm being a little facetious and tongue in cheek here. Cause you have to play the games, but, um, neither program had been doing really well. Uh, you were looking forward to a little bit of a 
and ease up in your schedule because they're not Baylor, they're not Texas, they're not Kansas or West Virginia. But like I said, both of those games get canceled today, Tuesday afternoon, uh, within a couple of hours of each other, um, with both programs struggling with COVID on their team. Um, so you're off. You're off until Monday, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Possibly. Monday in Morgantown, as far as we know. Um, but that that means we can talk a little bit about the last couple games that you mentioned briefly that were pretty They were good games, man. Pretty hard. And and you know, we we mentioned last week we felt that one and one was probably about best case scenario, but man, after tech won that first one, I sure wanted them both. I wanted them both so yeah. bad. <laughs> so we were like, man, I I would take one and one. Um and we got one and one, but we got the the flip one and one than what we were expecting. Uh with with the win in Austin with that um eighty to seventy seven victory. Dang right, it's eighty to seventy seven. There's no seventy nine seventy seven <laughs> on this podcast. No, that was that was a three. That was such garbage. I just could I could completely see that somehow backfiring on tech after Jones had just made a massive one the game before. And I just thought, uh, and he's been on fire the whole game. He was like four for six from three or something on the night. So, so not I only did they take a point away. So worried. Yeah. So they, they, they took a point away from Texas tech. They gave Texas more time. Yeah. 0.8 seconds. Ah, oh, I'm still, yeah. I'm still it's, living it's fine. about it's all that. Fine. Uh, Most stuff I can let go, but that was just so egregious to me. How could you take that away from McClung? I didn't see enough evidence from the video that I saw that his toes were ever over the line or on it or any, anyway, what a shot. What a yeah. great shot by Mac McClung. Mac Incredible. McClung hits the game winner with fewer than three seconds, under three seconds to go. Uh, was a three. Um, Texas had just missed like a, a, a pretty short layup. Texas Tech recovers the the rebound, gets the ball to McClung. He he takes it up court, uh, twelve seconds or so, crosses half court, kind of moves over towards Chris Beard. E- even the broadcast guys are like, okay, they're going to take a timeout here. And Chris Beard just kind of got down in his squat or his little his ready position. And you're like, oh no, he's going to let him play it out. Yeah, uh, I saw that. And it looked like he kind of gave like McClung like a wave, like just go, man. Um, and, and he got, he got his man moving backwards and got him off balance just enough to, to, to put his foot in the ground uh, and on the court, whatever, however you want to make that connection back from football <laughs> and then puts up a game winning three. Uh, the beginning of that game, first half was scary. It was not looking good for Texas Tech. Texas's size uh, and aggression, and the fact that they could not miss from three. They were shooting something like eighty percent from three in the first half. You're like, oh my gosh, if this continues, we're toast. And it didn't. Yeah, you, but, you thought you, you were thinking, okay, surely this won't continue. That the thing I was really worried about too was Texas's size. Uh, and you know that that was rough on Tech the first half as well. I know at one point I think Texas had 15 rebounds to Tech's seven, mm, but they good. ended up pretty close. I think it was 40 to 36 or something like that it, uh, in favor of UT when it was all said and done. Tech just kind of came back a little bit, and UT came down a little. I mean, they just you are totally right. I, I mean. 
Ramey was four for eight from three, but he, I think he was four for five at one point. Jones was four for six, like I'd mentioned. They were just really shooting well that first half. and Their guards could not miss. No, and it, it just was not... <laughs> It was not looking good. What did help, though, was Greg Brown. Uh, he stayed off of the scoring stat line for quite a while, or at least he he was he was held yes. in check for a while. Uh, he did hit a three there towards the end of the game. You're we like, don't don't heat up, man, because <laughs> um, that that ended up happening in the Baylor game with Jared Butler, who didn't score any points until five minutes ago, and then dropped like twelve or whatever points in a couple minutes. Yeah, he did kind of a Keenan Evans thing. Just not that Keenan Evans would not, he just, he wouldn't shoot that much. But I think Butler was 0 for 9 before he made a shot. Yeah, it, it was something ridiculous. It and just then, took over the last five minutes and it was just, okay, well, yeah, he is good. He's very good. Tech held him for 35 minutes. They did the best they could. So the, 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 the game in Austin, it really was a tale of two halves. I mean, you were down, I believe, 10 at half. Uh, and then you came back and you, it, it felt like you weren't making any progress on that deficit. Like you'd go on, on this, like this as mini run. And, and I made a comment in the Slack chat that you'd, you'd get the, the, the lead down to seven or five points. And then Texas would hit a three and it just felt like you just kind of had to reset and do it all over again. Texas would hit a three. You're like miss a three. Dang it. Like <laughs> stop. <laughs> Um, but obviously there you were able to, to slow them down offensively. And it was like late to, to finally pull with you, you pulled even with, with a couple minutes left and then you were going back and forth in the lead. Um, so like, it's like, like I said, yeah, you, you held them, you had them miss their last, uh, r- their last good look at a shot with like t- 10, 12 seconds left on the, on the game clock. Um, but Baylor, man, same kind of thing. Like they, they, they got a good lead on you. Um, you were able to fight back a little bit. You took the lead there late in the second half. Um, but it, it just, it felt like very similar. Like as much as you were, you were fighting to get that lead or to keep it close. Like it would feel like Baylor would snap their fingers and like, Oh, there's a five point lead. There's a seven point lead for Baylor. Yes. It just happened so quickly. They're as, as good as the Texas guards were at shooting Baylor's guards were, were, were just as good. Um, they scored 68 points on you. It just felt like they could score whenever they needed to. Um, we, you were able to hold, hold Butler for 35 minutes. Uh, and I think that's what kept you in the game. Cause I think if he had gone off for 20 points in the game, you, I mean, you would have been down much larger earlier. Um, you got them in like this weird position where like they, they didn't score for like three or four minutes, which really helped you get back in the game. Baylor Twitter was a flame with the, the officials in Lubbock <laughs> saying that like things weren't being called. Home evenly. cooking. Yeah. They were blaming the home cooking. Um, I, I lo- hang on. Let me talk about that for a second because I mentioned in the Slack chat, I absolutely love that there's this theory out there that Texas Tech has become such a force in basketball that we are able to have refs call games in our favor. So, I mean, I'm all for it. Put the rumor out there. As soon as the the wheels touch down on Preston Smith, 
just put the rumor out there that you're already you're already down by five. Because the you're zebras play, are on our side, man. You're they playing are, eight on five tonight. You, know, you come to Lubbock, better you, you better play. You better play all eight of us because we're coming. We're gonna take you down. Yeah, that's that's just such nonsense. But I I love it. it it's uh, and you know what? The other, I mean, the first half Tech was terrible in the first half. Mm-hmm. Eighteen points, three for thirty. From shooting. Nope, nope. Sorry, that's not right. Eight for 30. That's 27%. Two for 12 from three, 17%. No bench points. And that includes Terrence Shannon Jr. That includes Tyreek Smith. Uh, only 10 points in the paint. Actually, all 10 points were in the paint of 18. Um, no free throws. That's the big one. They were settling so much for shots, outside shots. That's a credit to ba- Baylor's defense, which we've... they. Man, they were, gosh, they just couldn't. Tech was not able to do anything they wanted to do. They took the no middle defense from Matt, Mark Adams and like cranked it to 11. They, and it, speaking it was, of 11, that's how many turnovers Tech had in the first half. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was insane. Like it was, it was well coordinated too. Cause you see when Texas Tech overcommits on, on a player driving, that teams are able to find you know, another player out for three, the way Baylor was collapsing, like you'd get the ball out on the wing and the only like, and they would collapse. The only open person would be all the way across the court. So it's like they, they were taking away you being able to drive on them. Yes. They, they were double teaming, but the player they were leaving open, you could not pass to them. It was smart. It was intense. It was like, holy crap, this is suffocating. Like, I yes. would be so frustrated to play against this kind of defense, which is a, a credit to, to Drew and his staff. Um, because dang, that defense, like I, I had not watched a Baylor game in a couple of years. Obviously, when I said they hadn't lost in three years, whatever it was, and and they <laughs> lost to Kansas, whatever it was. Anyways, um, that defense, ooh, it's tough, man. Yeah, I, I mean, Edwards hit a three with like 19 minutes left in the first half, and then Tech didn't score again until 11 minutes. Yeah, they went like an eight-minute scoring drag. You're like, holy crap. Because <laughs> yeah. it was just... It and, was, and luckily, because Tech can play defense. Yeah, you, you were able to stay Baylor in the game. only scored 11 points. It was just a... It was a small little 11-0 run in that, in that stretch. But gosh, it was it was some ugly basketball. Um, they... And, and that's... That is how Baylor, that's what Baylor does to you. You know, we got to see what some of these teams facing tech feel and turned up a little, little bit like to 11. Like you said, it's, it's, it's somehow even more intense. I think the players, I don't know if they're slightly more athletic or maybe they're just longer or something, but there was, there's a different intensity into how they were playing defense and we're used to seeing good defensive teams play. And this was this was a great game by Peavy. Um, you know, he started out. There was some scuttlebutt in the Slack chat of I'm not going to name names. I'm just going to say it wasn't me. <laughs> just asking why Peavy was out there. But uh, although he did foul out, I mean, he had a really solid game. It doesn't show up much on the stat sheet, but he had five boards, three for five shooting, six points in 21 minutes. Um, but I mean, he he made some really good plays, some key rebounds, some. Um, 
some blocked shots here and there, or at least altered mm-hmm. some shots. So I, I like seeing PV out there. I think that he's got a lot to offer and I, I hope he continues to see quite a bit of playing time, but just, you know, these last two games, it was McClung and maybe somebody else. <laughs> that was, that was pretty much it. McClung had, what do you have? 22 against Texas. And then he had 24 against Baylor. That's, but it felt like it was just him though. Yeah. It, it just, it, it was a little bit, you know what? McCuller had 16 at Texas and Santos Silva had 12 and Shannon had 14. So at least with Texas, he had, he had a little bit of help, but uh, you know, those last two games, I think it just really got to where it was him and McCuller and some other people, maybe hopefully. Yeah. And then on short turnaround, Baylor uh, took on Kansas Monday night and did the exact same thing to them. Uh, yes. They got up 13 at the half, ended up winning that game by eight, 77, 69. So Baylor, number two in the country, 13 and 0. You felt like you had a shot at them, um, but it just, it collapsed on you once Butler started hitting shots. Uh, that was it. It was, it's so like, it was weird how like those two things aligned. Cause like you, you were, you were fighting to keep up with them uh, and you, you were doing a good job. And then it felt like, Butler hit hit his first shot. Like it was, it was a, it was a three, wasn't it? He, he, he hits uh, his first I shot. I think so. Yes. Uh, and it just like just deflated Texas tech. And then it just got away from him. Um, but I mean, it happens when you play number two team in the country uh, props to Baylor, Texas tech does end up moving up in the polls after going one and one on the week. Uh, and the AP poll rose to number 12. Um, they are the highest ranked four loss team in the country. We should tell you some, Correct. a little bit about the, the respect Texas tech and Chris Beard is able to garner looking at a four loss team still being a top 15. Um, also interesting note, a handful of blue bloods all unranked. And it's the first time it's happened in, you said almost 60 years, Michael. Yeah. Yeah. It was December. 1961 was the last time that UNC Duke and Kentucky were all left out of the top 25 mm. crazy. Yeah. But guess who's it. there? Texas tech, baby. <laughs> That's all that matters. Ken Palm has Texas tech at 14. So they dropped one spot has the metrics move tech up one spot to 11 BPI drop tech one spot to seven. And the net rankings actually have tech moving up a handful of spots. Number 14. So yep, I, I think they like updates. what they saw this week. I think everybody's getting the benefit of the doubt against Baylor because Baylor is that good. That helps. Um, that helps Tech's case a little bit. It's a quality loss, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then giving up seventy-seven points to, to Texas on the road, sixty-eight to Baylor. Your defense actually improved uh, in their rankings. They moved up to number three again. Um, and Ken Palm, your um, adjusted offense is at thirty-four. Um, and if you're looking ahead to, to, to West Virginia, it's right now the, the next game on your schedule on what would be Monday. Um, Ken Palm has them at 18. Their offense is obviously a little bit better than yours at 18th and their defense is at 23rd. So they're pretty solid top 25 team. Uh, Bob Huggins always has their, his guys that way. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a great matchup that the other number four team or four loss team, you know, close to tech in the top 25 is West Virginia. They're only two spots behind at 14 uh, with a nine and four record. Uh, you know, the, the, the main guys, of course, Miles McBride, I think just a sophomore. He's averaging 15 points a game. Derek Culver's still there, averaging 14 a game. Taj Sherman averaging 12. Sean McNeil averaging 10. I mean, they, they've got some contributors that are, um, you know, really putting in some work. And Taj Sherman comes off the bench. So just kind of an interesting, interesting strategy there. But what I've wanted to mention too is just their four losses – one was against uh, Gonzaga, 82-87, and Gonzaga is still ranked number one in the country, even above Baylor, which I kind of – I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> um, their, uh, let's see, loss number two was to Kansas in Lawrence, 65-79. This is the worst of their four losses. Uh, loss three was in Norman versus OU, 71-75. Tech barely – Barely got out alive against OU, so that's um, understandable. And then their other loss was at home versus Texas, 70-72. So some close losses. A team very, at least with a similar record uh, to Texas Tech. I mean, they won a close one in Stillwater against Oklahoma State by three. Uh, You know, well, actually got a pretty close one against Iowa State at home, 70-65. Pretty, pretty similar in, in record and possibly even, um, you know, some, some coaching similarities. But it's, I don't want to get too far into that because I know there's a lot of people that have strong opinions on Huggins and I'm going to be careful to compare him to Beard too much. <laughs> but uh, just... Don't do it to my uh, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Just a tough team. It's it's going to be a really good game. I'm even more excited about it now because we unfortunately got deprived of two games and now we've got to wait almost a full week for another game. But Monday night, um, everything going well. Tune into ESPN at 8 p.m. It's the big Monday game. Yeah, man. The Sonic, whatever it is or whatever they call it. So ESPN Monday night, 8 p.m. Let's see if uh, let's see if Tech can pick right back up where they left off in Austin, at least. So one of the big storylines, I guess, here uh, at this the past couple of weeks for for West Virginia was Oscar Shibway uh, electing to sit out for personal reasons. Mm. So that was almost three weeks ago, and then a week ago announced he's transferring to Kentucky. It's like <laughs> you're not really sitting out for personal reasons; you're just transferring. <laughs> let's just get that straight. Um. But I mean, he played in ten games this this year, averaging twenty point or not twenty points, twenty minutes a game, uh, shooting greater than fifty percent from the field, um, eight rebounds a game, uh, nine points a game. There's a headline on one of these articles that uh, West Virginia is still searching for their identity without Shebway. So if you remember, he was he's one of those guys. Uh, with some some pretty good size that always gives you trouble. List at six nine two sixty, so it's like a Odiase size body down there that's been giving you trouble. But 
West Virginia is Not without this time. him. Yeah, I know. He's uh he's packed his bags to Lexington. And boy, do the do the Wildcats need help. They are like four and eight this year. I don't it's, know. Kentucky it's is really struggling. I am really losing sleep over this. I'm sure you are too. Well, see, Samantha is. Because she's a Kentucky oh. basketball fan. So we oh, really we, we watch some some Kentucky basketball every now and then. Well, um, my wife's from, well, not from, but a, a little town close to Louisville, Louisville, Louisville. So she grew up Louisville Cardinal fans and definitely not UK fans. UK to her is basically like UT to us. Yeah. Well, that's all right. I, I don't, I don't count them as my team. It's a, it's a team to root for. She doesn't even like the blue. I, I don't mind the blue. Um, <laughs> but man, yeah, yeah. They're, they're four and eight. That's what they are. They're three and two in conference somehow. Probably because um, SEC outside of Kentucky is not usually pretty good. Anyways. Yeah. Definitely. Um, if, we're, if we're ready, are you about ready to do some, to talk a little bit of football or? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, because I'm just about ready for some football. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Well, okay. Well, before that, we had some playoffs this weekend. Playoffs. Yeah, that's right. I want you to remember that the wait is finally over. Football is in full effect, and the NBA is back, baby. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today. Use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So you remember when I was talking about the Mavericks not, not playing for a while? Mm-hmm. It's not true. They played yesterday. Got blown up by the Raptors. They played Sunday. They lost to the Bulls. They played Friday. Lost to the Bucks. They did beat the Hornets last Wednesday. Yeah. Huge Mavs fan over there. Luka Magic. They played yes. tomorrow night against the Pacers. Friday night, though, against your Spurs. I know. Hopefully that one's going to be televised somewhere other than Fox Sports something. We'll see. Oh, I was about to say that, that sounds like a Fox Sports Southwest. Yeah. Or, or I mean, but uh, it does. It just It's like <laughs> a key. We're going to broadcast it on Fox Sports Dallas and San Antonio. Yeah, because it's, it's it's not like a TNT game or TBS, whatever they uh, play all their season games on. All right, man, should be. Let's uh let's do some football. Yes. They go four up top. They throw the fade to Fasher. Caught touchdown. With top delivered. Sideline for Robert Johnson. And oh he's, my! You got it! Touchdown! Oh. 
Robert Johnson, touchdown, Red Raiders. Take a shot to the end zone. It's a touchdown to Reginald Davis. All day to throw. Over the top, Jakeem Grant. Touchdown, Texas Tech. Second down now. Deep strike. Got the big man. Turn, Our man, PFF, Pro Football something. Gosh, I should have had this ready to go. They released their postseason grades by positions. Um, Texas Tech, man, does not look good. They, um, they do it, player grades. Um, they look at player performance, grading scale. That tops out at a hundred and quickly we'll just go through the scores. Are you ready? Oh, I, I'm not really ready. Okay. Start from offensive line center C plus guard D plus tackle F mm. running back. I think this is harsh C minus. I couldn't agree more. I think our running backs were the best position group we had all season. Well, so I, I immediately are thinking maybe not because I don't think this is comparing the position group to the team. Like our, our running backs are the best team are, are the best position group. They are the highest graded unit outside of center, which was one player um, on the offense. But it like if you look at across the country, across the the conference, even I wouldn't say that Texas Tech is the has the best running backs. But C minus, I thought was a little harsh. I agree. Tight end, F minus. I don't know if there's a minus involved with with F, but there it is. Um, wide receiver D. That also feels a little <laughs> also harsh. harsh. But it's like, I mean. Outside of Ezukanma and Price, well, and and maybe? Seth, if if you guys want to read Seth's breakdown at Stake in the Plains, please go check that out of of these grades. He mentions the fact that all the receivers are lumped together because you know the in, inside and outside guys are lumped together. So, yeah, aside from Ezukanma, the wide receivers didn't do a whole lot, but. Inside receivers really didn't do a whole lot either, aside from Keyshawn Carter, and he's he no didn't longer, play the last few games. Yeah, I was saying he's no longer here. Yeah, quarterback D. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, just waiting for uh, Maverick McIver, man. He's on campus. Who? <laughs> Gosh, is he is he starting? Has Has Wells announced him as starter yet? It's just a matter of time, right? I mean, if he hasn't, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> what, what are Sonny we to save? Knock down his door, man, and be like, no, announce him today. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I am interested to, to start hearing about spring football. I know it's way too soon for spring football. I get that. <laughs> it's um, way too soon. And it's probably because I want to see now what's the direction Sonny Cumbie is trying to take the offense. And I get that like in a spring game, if it's televised, whatever, you're going to get the wateredest 
most watered down, waterist wow, that was fantastic English, most watered down vanilla version of an offense you could ever get. I still want to see it. Yeah, I want to see it too. Um, eh, Sure. Quickly, because I heard somebody else do this and I want to take their their content idea. Um, What would you, how would you kind of put together like a top three or top five Texas Tech wide receivers of all time? Of all time? Yeah, just quickly. Uh, Off the top of your head. Well, I mean, Crabtree would be one. I, oh, would you go Welker too? Well, he wasn't a wide receiver though, was he? Well, okay. talking receivers. Let's do all receivers. Um, man. This is okay. All time. Cause I know people that were like prior to 2000 are going to be upset, but. Uh, so I can't help but think of Joel Falani. I, I so can't help but think of my guys uh, will be from 2007 on. Cause I don't know enough about anybody pre 2007 to say was, outside of was it Jared Hicks. Yeah, I think Jared Hicks was really good. Is that right? I'm making one up. Eric Ward. <laughs> this was bad. I really I, liked Eric Ward. Yeah, this I, was, this was, I shouldn't have thrown this on you real last second. <laughs> Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll re- revisit this later, but yeah, I, I, I I'm interested to, to, to think once you get past Crabtree, where, where, where are you going? Like, I don't know. Well, this I mean, that's, that's worth considering. Good. That's, that's worth good. considering with a little bit more time, but I, I would <laughs> really just because of the hands, he may not have the stats, but it would be hard for me not to include Eric Ward up there. I think he had it's tough good stats too. Uh, okay. I, I think he had, I think he did. Uh, he had both. Um, yeah. He, he, Jason Marrow, does he count? <laughs> he just didn't, like, he didn't have the yards that Crabtree had, but it's, it's difficult because Crabtree, like he caught a bunch of passes. He was, he was a main target when he was on the offense or on the field. And he was able to, to, to break so many tackles. Um, well, I think Eric Ward's deal too was a lot of the passes they were throwing to him. They were just like jump balls. They were contested. He, he basically, he basically had to come down with it and just land and catch it. You know, he, he wasn't, yeah. he wasn't running routes as much that like Crabtree where he was able to catch on the run. So let's revisit this. Maybe okay. next week. That's a good thought. <laughs> and, and not be like, Hey, let's, uh, let's hear your top five receivers of all time. Go. <laughs> um, thank, thank you. <laughs> and maybe we'll work through some other position groups too. Quarterback Patrick Mahomes. He'd have to be up there, right? Top five? You would think so. Sebby um, Lethridge. Our man Patrick, though, he went down this weekend. In the he did. AFC division game. Uh, and it was... I was I was watching live when that happened. So was I. I, I was at a birthday party for uh, my one of my wife's good friends uh, had, a, had a little girl that turned one. But the guys had the football game on. Um we were watching it and it, it, the hit looks so like innocuous, right? It was like, so yeah, every day, like the quarterback just went down. Yeah. He, he, he went head first into the turf. I get that. Like he still hit his head on, on the turf. Um, it didn't the seem defender like kind of pulled it, pulled him a little bit, not like 
it didn't look anything nefarious. It didn't to me. It, it it just looked like a football play, and the defender was just grasping for whatever he could get to to bring him down. You know. But then you see Patrick Mahomes not be able to stand up afterwards. Like holy <sighs> crap, was he like he was gone? My heart skipped a beat. Um, <laughs> it was it was like that sinking feeling, just. Like you have that dream where you forgot your homework or you forgot to study for a test yeah. or something. Just that, uh, yeah, that was that was that was rough. So, <laughs> excuse me. Watching the replay, I, I, had, I had a thought, and and I, I posted this on a little short thread on Twitter. The defender's arm got up under Mahomes's helmet, like, and it, it looked like it was kind of pinned or pinched against his neck, um, and that kind of pressure held there for long enough, much longer than the arm was there during the game could cause somebody to lose consciousness. Um, I've seen somebody like along those lines, say when a player, uh, when somebody has an elevated heart rate, like you would get with an athlete competing in a sport that even a momentary disruption uh, in blood flow could render somebody unconscious much faster than you would expect. Um, so watching, I was like, I don't think it was there long enough that he was choked out and, and not that he was without air, but he was without blood flow enough that he's, he lost consciousness. But I think the combination of the two that maybe he was, he had enough change in blood flow that it exasper- exasperated his head injury when he hit the turf. So the two, if they were independent of each other, wouldn't have done anything, but the two together, you got what you saw on Sunday. You're like, man, was he like just out of it? Good news is, is that while he is going through the concussion protocol, um, it does seem like he is progressing through it. He is making milestones. Like he's hitting big milestones in terms of recovering and being able to play again which kind of helps me think like maybe it was a combination of those two things. It wasn't purely a concussion. Uh, and obviously he wasn't choked out. I don't, I don't think it was, there was enough pressure long enough on his, on his throat to do that. But status currently unknown. I know the bills fans are saying, Hey, you know, Patrick, it's okay. We, we want you to be healthy. Why don't you go ahead and set this one out, man? Yeah. Why don't you just wait, buddy? Yeah. Um, but okay. The, the bills in the AFC championship game, like what universe what is it? It's 1992? <laughs> like what are we living in, man? <laughs> I I have never 30 years ago. I have never in my football memory known the Bills to be good. Same with the Bengals, same with the Browns. They've always been bad. I I vaguely remember the Bills because I was in first, second, third grade when the Cowboys were good. And I remember they played the Bills twice, I think. And one of the main reasons I remember that is because I grew up near Abilene and there's a little town south of Abilene called Buffalo Gap. And I remember that they temporarily changed their name to Cowboy Gap. (laughs) That's funny. Or something like that. It was either either Cowboy Gap or Dallas Gap or I, I don't remember, but I think it was Cowboy Gap. So they temporarily changed their name for one or both of those Super Bowls. Yeah. Um, Tom Brady in the NFC Championship game in his first season in the NFC. The Tampa Bay Gronkineers. 
<laughs> yeah, you like it? It's not mine. I'd heard Tampa Bay. I hadn't heard Gronkineers. That's that's pretty good. The it's that's truly impressive. I did not think that was going to happen. I'm not completely surprised that they made the playoffs. I, I figured that he would somehow manhandle them to to that point, but to make the NFC Championship, I did not see that coming. I do like that. Um, I think I saw some graphic this this week saying that it was comparing number of times that Tom Brady has appeared in the NEF, NFC Championship in the last twenty seven years versus the number of times the Cowboys have. And it's even, right? At one. <laughs> it's less than I think it was one to zero or something. And I can't remember why the cutoff. Maybe it was just since he's been in the league. So twenty seven sounds that's too long. Anyway, it was something crazy. But uh super impressive, incredible. Um didn't really see that coming. And I'm really looking forward to the Rogers Brady matchup. And this reminds me years ago, my a couple of my buds and I started the sort of we were hoping it would be a tradition of going to Vegas on championship week because it's not the Super Bowl because the Super Bowl is like impossible to go to Vegas. So it was cheaper <laughs> and there was, it was two games to watch instead of one. So it was two big games to watch instead of just one. So we, we did that and had a, just an absolute blast watching the, the AFC and NFC championship games that weekend we went. So we vowed to go back and we haven't. It's been like six or seven years. So every every time I think about that, like, ah oh, man, I should totally be in, in Vegas with with my buds. With your boys. Having, have, having too many bourbons and maybe dropping a few bills on how many rushing yards Colin Kaepernick's gonna have in the first <laughs> half. I remember running. <laughs> I remember running to make a bet once. <laughs> wow. And I won. I, I cashed out on it because I forgot what it was. It was they they had set the line like something crazy because it was it was Niners Niners um, Seahawks that year, and I think they had set the line. Cap will have like fifteen rushing yards in the first half. And I was like, <laughs> over, <laughs> yeah, over. <laughs> I forgot what the line was, and I ran and I got that bet in in time. And and he, I think he got it on one one play, maybe his first or second Cha-ching. rushing play. I was like, yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Let's go cash out. So yeah, um, I, felt, I felt so knowledgeable. AFC title game this weekend, uh, Tampa Bay, Green Bay. The yards of that. Battle of the Bays. Battle of the Bays. Bay of Pigs? No. Uh, NFC. Sorry. Sorry. That was the NFC. NFC, Tampa Bay, Green Bay. AFC, 15 and 3 Buffalo. 15. Yeah. What the hell? What? I mean, there's been like three seasons in a row where they haven't won 15 games combined. combined. Yeah. And then uh 15 and two Kansas city. Um, I remember one of those losses was like week 17 or whatever, where they played nobody. Like everybody was like taking the week off. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But it, because the, the only team that beat them this year with Mahomes was the Raiders somehow. Yeah. Somehow Gruden did it. So could be a, well, it will be a good weekend of NFL playoffs. Say that. Agreed. Even though I have no idea who's on the bills aside from Josh, somebody. Except for Josh Allen, who can throw it almost as far as Mahomes can. 
over was, the mountains. That was about the only good thing that, or not, not the only good thing. One, one of the, like the biggest selling points when he was coming out of Wyoming, Wyoming quarterback. Yeah, but he can throw it a mile. <laughs> oh, okay, well, because dude. the air's thin in Wyoming, dude. That's why. Hear me out, dude. Got the wind behind him in Lubbock. A little TikTok reference went right over your head. It's okay. All right. Yeah. We Wait. do have questions. We do have questions. Let's, let's get to those tonight. Okay. Maybe if I can work this thing properly. Mm. Good producing skills. Now, are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy. Damn it. Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right. Um, so one, I had a, a really bad typo in the first call for questions. Like, man, it's been a day. Um, but apparently this afternoon, I, I haven't, I haven't followed up with it. So I can't tell you for sure. There was a stretch limousine pulled up to the four. I heard it both ways. The Fort Worth law office of Joe exotic tiger Kings lawyer or out front of the prison he's at expecting his presidential pardon. So I kind of, I kind of tease that out there to kind of prime some of the questions we got. Uh, first one though, unrelated to all that Peter Puente asked what McClung's field goal percentage is. Um, our man Mac is shooting greater than 43% from the field. Yes. So it says he seems he scores a lot, but misses a ton of shots. And is, is this good for the team overall? Um, you know what? Like if you're shooting over 40%, you're really doing all right. He's scoring I mean, I mean more than better than all right. 40 is like kind of the bar of, of pretty great. So even below 40, you might could argue, but man, yeah, at 43%, 33% from three, you know, 82% from the free throw line. Yeah. He's, he's really shooting pretty well. He's averaging them as most points as he's done in college. Uh, his first year was 13. Last year was 15.7. Currently he's hitting 16.3. Um, and at that percentage like, I wouldn't mind if they went to him more. Sure. Um, offensively, like I don't like seeing Shannon try threes. I don't like PV taking anything outside of the circle like outside of the restricted area. Um, I, it feels like if um, Marcos Santos Silva doesn't have the ball in the lane that like he shouldn't have the ball. So anyways, I, I at that percentage at 43%, um, I say, give him more shots. Yeah. And in the last five games, I'll just read off his percentages real quick because in the last five games, he's averaged 20.2 points. Like Spencer said, he's averaging about 16 for the year, but the last five, he's averaged 20. And in those five games, he has shot from the field. Um, let me see. 44%, 40, 43%, 80%, 55%, 47%. So, so he's really in a good spot right now. Um, the game against Texas was his lowest at 43%. Yeah, he's he's really doing well. Um, you know, he's had some rough nights here and there, obviously, but these last five games, this five game stretch has has he's probably 
almost single-handedly kept tech in the game a, a few times. Yeah. And I think you said it, but yeah, of, of the five games, he scored 20 points three times. He's averaging 20 points over those games. Inclu- like these yes. are games, Baylor, Texas, Oklahoma state are the big ones um, where he went over 20 points. Didn't over Iowa state or Kansas state. Um, but he shot 80% against Iowa state. 55% versus Kansas state. So like he could have scored more points. He only played 27 but, minutes against Kansas state. Yeah. But I mean, you know, Peter, you're totally right. He's shooting a lot. He's, he's shooting quite a bit, but the percentages are working out. He seems, I, I, I would take those. I would take those numbers. Sure. But you're, you're totally right. He is shooting a lot. So maybe the misses seem to, to, to feel like it's more than there, than there are. Um, and then uh, long-time <laughs> listeners will will remember this man, Hunter Cook. Hunter's been on the podcast several times, and he and Kyle were the uh, the catalyst for me wanting to start a podcast because it was their podcast I was listening to. I was like, man, like they just, it was inspiring to me to get off my butt and try it. Um, so anyways, always enjoy their stuff. Hunter asks, if the Tiger King can get a pardon is Tommy Tuberville's wife next? No. You may have to explain what this <laughs> reference means in case All some right. people don't know. Uh, Tommy Tuberville obviously was a, was the head coach here at Texas Tech in December of 2012. So he was like on their way out basically. And maybe it was when they, they, you know, she came to pick him up from the 50 yard line uh, when he was jumping out the window, speeding off. No, that, that's terrible. That's, that is terrible. <laughs> Tommy Tuberville's wife, Suzanne Tuberville ran a red light uh, on slide, basically in front of the mall and struck a vehicle. One of the passengers in that vehicle was severely injured and ended up passing away from his injuries. Um, there weren't any criminal charges pulled up or pressed against uh, Mrs. Tuberville. It all seemed to go hush, hush quietly. It just seemed to disappear. Um, it looked like it was just more of like insurance was going to cover everything. And there wasn't any kind of civil case brought against the Tuppervilles from the, the family of this, this man who, who ended up passing away. So unfortunately Hunter to be pardoned, you actually have to be convicted. Uh, and she wasn't ever convicted. Yeah. Everything's fine. So have to save the pardon for someone else. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Michael, you want to get into what we learned? Yes, I am ready. So I'm looking forward to hearing this. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. So what did we learn, Michael? I learned a very weird pizza cooling technique. Why but before you, I go into that, hold on, hold on. Why do you ask you? Do you why do you need to cool pizza? Okay. This is, I'm not, this is not a technique I endorse. I just learned of its existence. I just clicked on the There's link been, and the headline is, it's blowing my mind right now. Hold on. <laughs> I was totally waiting to do all this live because <laughs> what? it's as gross as it sounds. There's a post on Reddit that's, that's went viral this week titled, my husband believes running pizza underwater to cool it down is acceptable. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and read the post. It's it's really short. And then she goes on to say pretty much what the title says. Not my opinion, but my husband's in college. My husband and I would make oven pizzas 
and he would run his slices under the water fountain to cool it down faster. He says it didn't change the taste and was still good. She later adds an edit saying, I've gotten a lot of accusations that this is fake slash karma whoring. I don't even know what that is. There's a, Um, sorry. My brother that lives with us took a video on Snapchat at dinner tonight. So you may all feast your eyes on water pizza. <laughs> There's a video. Of there it. is a video of this man. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling it up. Water <laughs> pizza. Just standing over a sink with this, with the faucet running. Just what? And what? It's, it's like some cheap red bear. I mean, I'm, I'm not knocking red Baron cause we buy it and I like it, but it's like one of those cheap thin crust pizzas. And he's just, but you can't wait under the like, water and taking a bite. You can't wait 10 seconds for it to cool off. You got to like take it off, like out of the oven and go stick it under the faucet. Like I don't, <laughs> in what universe is the pizza too hot to eat that you can't wait a couple of seconds for it to cool off any universe. Dude, I have, there have, I have burned my mouth. I have burned the roof of my mouth so many times because I was way too impatient to wait for pizza to cool. I've gotten older <laughs> through my years and my days of trial and error of burning my mouth. So I do wait now. But, but back in the day in college, it was like, ah, oh, that pizza's ready. I'm going to pull it out, immediately slice it, put it on my plate. Oh, crap, that hurts. Okay. Um, just, I, that was just wash, rinse, repeat, no pun included. Just did that over and over and over. It's running water, this is, I am not endorsing this. This is like a terrible idea. There was an article on popular mechanics even trying to determine whether or not it... <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> it even helps. I, I I have not listened to the audio of this video. I'm gonna I'm gonna play it right now. It's nine seconds. I don't know if there is audio. Okay, go for it though. Let's try it. No, no audio. Wait, yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. You could you gotta click on the top and on the on the right. I can hear it now. Oh, but I oh, cause I I, I got the computer muted. So don't be stupid. Hot running. Hot, out there. That is my unpopular opinion. <laughs> I already got two comments. Someone said that would 100% make. Hot running. I don't, I don't get it, man. He's just like, he's just legit standing, standing at the sink. Like, like he's just eating. Like, I, I don't get it, man. That's so I, I can, I can even vibe with standing over the sink and eating because for some reason I've catch myself doing that. And that's, I'm sure a terrible habit. It's, an, it's at a, least I'm not running it under water first. <laughs> natural place for the crumbs to fall. I'm like, you just, that's an easy cleanup, but like, <laughs> see, you get it. Yeah. I, I, I want to go and read this popular mechanics article. Now, uh, internet <laughs> villain runs hot pizza underwater to cool it down. Science or insanity, obviously insanity. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I, I get that. Like, it doesn't have time to get soggy when you just like basically pass it under the water and then immediately take a bite. Water doesn't have taste, but that's also what that's what ranch is for. <laughs> this is like diet ranch, man. It's just water. <laughs> gross. Gosh, it's just so gross. I, I don't imagine get it. it. I like again, like I don't get that. Like you, you have to eat it so immediately that you can't wait for it to cool down. Agree. Agree. Not, I mean, the 23 year old me didn't believe that, but I believe it. I believe it now. I've learned the hard way. I I am so like, I'm, I'm glad you waited because I'm, I don't even know what to say, man. So yeah, that's what I learned is that some people have some um, interesting 
pizza cooling techniques. Yeah, man. Well, that'll do it for us on the Personal Podcast. I'm Spencer. That's Michael. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.